0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the F6 Football Podcast. Cam Copeland here co-hosting with Alex Rogelin. And Alex, my man, what a week. What a week it was of NFL football. That is. We had some historic games. Uh, it was we had some crazy upsets. We learned a lot and nothing at the same time with some of these mm-hmm. games. But I'm just looking forward to to finally sitting down and for the first time with you and just Talking about these games, fresh off of this crazy week. How are you doing, Alex?
1: I'm doing well, Cam. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was quite the week. It was a week of either either that was blow there was blowouts, right, or it, or it was like a couple obviously upsets, like we said. Um, the couple games that were closer than maybe that we thought they were going to be. But you know, I think the reason there were so many blowouts this week is we're really starting to see the teams that are really going to separate themselves from everybody else, right? There, there's always, there's a few teams every year lately that we know they're good. They might, some of them are starting slower than others, but we know that by week three, week four, guys are really starting to get into the, you know, get into the groove of the regular season, starting to get into that grind and separate themselves from the pack. So that's what we saw from some teams and there's some other teams. They're still trying to (laughs) shake off that, uh, that, that maybe lack of preseason play rust that a few teams are still experiencing.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you said, there's some teams that separated themselves, and then there are also the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs> I'm not not exactly sure what's going on with that game, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, we'll we'll touch on all these all these uh, games for Week Four and some you know some of the games that that we just saw. But the first thing that we have to talk about that stands out to me is the Dolphins win over the Broncos because putting up 70 points uh, is you know it's pretty good pretty good that doesn't happen i've heard i've heard that and and every week. game. yeah yeah and uh the broncos they did score more than 16 points so good on them <laughs> man that was
1: that was a wild game and and honestly like i i as a chiefs fan you know as you all know cam and i you know we we're open and we're open about our biases whether you like it or not i am a chiefs fan have <laughs> been my whole life and i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say miss say this cam I loved it, man. I loved it because Sean Payton has talked so much crap this entire oh, yeah. offseason. He, you know, he spent all that time literally openly bashing Hackett and the other guys and the staff last year, saying it was all their fault that the Broncos it was the worst coaching job he'd ever seen. And you know, and it was a complete joke last year, and how he was gonna change the culture. I think he's got a rust problem, not a culture problem, because I honestly, man, I relished and enjoyed seeing the Broncos get their ass kicked, uh, mainly him, because of Sean Payton. <laughs> yeah. And him saying all that. That's weird,
0: right? Coaches don't it is do weird. that. They Need don't usually
1: do that. No. no and that's never. remember, that's why Aaron Rodgers got all upset about it. And we even talked about that on one of our early shows, you know, because him and Hackett were close. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like, man. You you can't put the cart before the horse. If you're gonna talk shit, like you gotta be ready to back it up. And giving up 70 points is not how you back it up. So no. not gonna lie. Loved it a little bit.
0: No, I, I heard a, a take earlier that Sean Payton is going to be doing Sean Payton things and this upcoming offseason just do a complete overhaul of the roster. If that means Russ isn't isn't performing well, uh I don't recall his exact contract situation for in terms of dead money, but he'll either be on the bench or uh gone if Sean Payton doesn't want him to be playing as his guy, right? Which is crazy to say after he got this massive contract just a, a year or so ago. But uh you know that that's he came here to to bring his philosophy. He was you know the Saints uh acquired a first round pick plus just just to get rid of his contract. So I, I think he is going to make some major changes and whether the poor play is his fault or not. I mean, a lot of it has to be on him because that's his job. Right. But uh, you know, he didn't construct this roster and we'll just see how, how it is going forward. But I think no matter what, they're just in a pretty bad situation as a franchise.
1: Yeah, they are, absolutely. They, they really are. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Cam. I don't, I will be I will be genuinely shocked if Russell Wilson is the starting quarterback for the Broncos next season, Week One. Um, I just I mean, unless they just they just can't stomach the amount of money because it is going to be a huge huge dead money, uh, you know to to cut him. But I'll still be shocked because especially if this season goes as poorly as it started out, you know, Sean Payton is going to get to that point where you know he he holds the power, he has the full power. You know, they have a GM, but I mean, really. Sean Payton will control that roster. And when he's had enough of Russell, he'll just say, Hey, let's just cut him, eat the money, get a rookie quarterback or something. You know, it's on a cheaper deal and let's just move forward. Cause they're not going to get it done with Russell.
0: Yeah. They re- realistically can't cut him uh, this off season. He, it would count f- almost 50 million against the cap dead money of 85 million. This off- upcoming off season. Yeah. So the, the realistically uh, in 2025, they could save nearly 6 million by cutting him and it would still be about 50 million in dead money. Uh so he he's not going to be off the team because it would hurt them significantly more to cut him than just to make him a backup.
1: Yeah, unless they unless they take like uh do like an NBA salary dump and they just literally give draft picks along with him to someone else to trade him to get him off their books. No, that uh, that
0: wouldn't that wouldn't do anything because trading him uh, it would still count against the cap, thirty. Because oh, of the money they paid
1: already, because they yeah, already paid so, a big signing bonus. Okay. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So, uh, yeah. it would be beneficial to them to keep him, even if he's just a guy on on the fifty three man roster. Uh, all right, man. What uh, what other games do you want to talk about? What stands out most to you from last week?
1: Um, I mean, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the blowouts. I know I kind of mentioned that in my intro, but I mean, I think I think what what we're seeing, though, is we're seeing some teams that maybe didn't quite look like themselves for various reasons early in the year that are showing that. Guess what? They're really good. Right. Um, you have starting with the 49ers. I don't know if you call that a blowout or not, but, you know, they won by what, 20 or 18 points. I'll call yeah. it a blowout. 49ers are really good right uh we saw the bills you know not to belabor your commanders but i mean the bills are really good they'll they'll be in the contention in the afc uh obviously the chiefs you know just dismantling the bears and then pulling all their starters like five minutes into the third quarter um or that would have been much worse as well so obviously the chiefs going to be an elite team are an elite team in the afc um and i even think last night's game the eagles over the buccaneers Eagles are still kind of rounding into form, but you know, I'll count that one as a blowout as well. The Eagles are really good. I think the bucks, even though they were two and zero, are a little bit of a paper tiger. Um, so, I mean, I think that just those four games there, um, they're not entirely surprising blowouts cause those teams are really good and, uh, and should run away from uh, moderate to less than moderate competition.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, you're, as you said, your chiefs completely blew out the bears early on as expected, but, uh, a takeaway from that game is that i you know the the chiefs or the bears could not get anything going at all uh you, after the half it's even against a lot of backups for instance they they just couldn't do anything and a lot of it is coaching and a lot of it is fields and i don't think it would be surprising at all if fields is not a starting quarterback in the nfl next season I think it's very possible that, you know, the Bears have two first round picks in this upcoming draft, both looking like they could be top five picks at this point in time. And I think it's becoming more and more likely that they end up drafting someone.
1: Yeah, it's too bad, too. I mean, it's one of those things that it's so hard, Cam, to see to recognize, you know, is it is it that the player is just not good at the NFL level? Right. Or is it the team that he went to? Um, you know, there's certainly some generational players that would be good anywhere. Um, and then there's guys that just got to be in the right situation. And honestly, I loved, I loved the athletic and the physical profile for fields coming out of college. I mean, I just really thought he had, I know, right. I thought he had the tool set, you know, um, has a big arm, you know, um, I just, I thought they could help him some with the accuracy. It could be, you know, could really develop into a player, maybe similar to a route of, I was thinking like Josh Allen. Uh, but. Man, the bears are a absolute dumpster fire. And I I don't, I don't know. It just, I don't know. You're right. I doubt he'll be a starter next year. Maybe if he can get to a second team, he can have a little bit of a career renaissance on a different team that actually knows how to run an offense. Cause <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, now the chief's defense is good and we don't have to spend too much time on this, but, I mean, the Bears are not doing him any favors. Their offense no. is a mess. They're not giving him any – I mean, there should be things like easy throws, try to get the ball to DJ more. you know, give him some of those easy, get get the ball out there. You know, I mean, running they should run some screen passes. They should run quick slants. I mean, there's so many different things they should do. And they literally are, are – are, their offense is trying to make him stand like a statue, like Peyton Manning, and try to discern a, a multi-layer coverage defense and make decisions. That is not the type of player he is. So I mean, I I I feel for him. You know that really sucks because they're just they're not using his strengths at all. But that just shows you, you know, coaching makes all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah, I think even a Greg Roman led offense could uh, could be <laughs> using Justin Fields a lot better than he's being used right now. Uh, not to throw strays or anything. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. So I was going through these, you know, the last week games and. and And we talk about each and every week pretty much who we think is going to win, at least most of the games. And, you know, 11 of my 16 picks were right, which is, uh, you know, doesn't feel that great. Uh, But some of these uh, upsets were were pretty crazy. Now, we both had the Vikings beating the Chargers and got in our extensive Mm -hmm. breakdown last week that we got that one wrong. Then the Texans. Beat that could have went wires. either way though. The Chargers oh, yeah, tried They yeah. tried really hard uh, to charge her that game. <laughs> they, good. uh, Good use of the word. Brandon yeah,
1: Staley and, survives one more week. And as
0: you, as you oh, all heard on this podcast exactly last
1: week, week. I, I said, yeah, I said, Brandon Staley is going to be, he's going to be toast by the bye week So we'll find out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and the Texans beat Jacksonville. And now yeah, that was that, was, that is a, there's some fun takeaways on the Texans side of that game because C.J. Stroud's looking like currently by far the best uh, rookie quarterback in this last class. I know that might not be fair to Richardson, who wasn't playing week three. But uh, C.J. Stroud looks legit. Tank Dell is so much fun to watch, all five foot six of him. And, uh, you know, the Jaguars have, I believe, three first round defensive ends on the roster. uh, I think Chase on is still there. But, uh, you know, Walker, Trayvon Walker is just not having a good career at all for as a number one overall pick last mm-hmm. year. And that this team isn't getting generating any pressure and the Texans had four of their starting offensive linemen out of this game and they still couldn't get to the quarterback. So, uh you know, Trevor Lawrence is, uh, he actually played decently. If you watch the game, a lot of people uh for some reason want to pin some of this game on him, but you know, mm-hmm. the, if they can't get after the Texans, then I'm not very confident with Jacksonville moving forward. Uh, they they were supposed to have a stranglehold on this division and it's just not looking like they do anymore. So that that's a bit scary to see.
1: Yeah. I think that one was surprising. And the other upset that was surprising too, was the, uh, the Gardner Minshew led Colts upsetting the Ravens. And I know yeah. that wasn't, that was an overtime game last minute field goal. Um, so, you know, anything can happen, but, um, that was another odd. That was another odd game. Just one that I you know, the the, the Ravens, you know, I, I picked them to win the NFC, uh, excuse me, the AFC North. And uh, sometimes I'm like, I feel really good about that pick. And then sometimes I'm like, man, what are you what are you guys doing? So they say they they're a lot better team than the Colts. But hey, I mean, the Chiefs lost to the Colts in week three last year um, yeah. and obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. So who knows? Maybe this is a good sign for the Ravens.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, the Ravens won the first two weeks, but their offense has not looked like it's gelled yet. It looks like it's only up from here, right? It's Mm -hmm. a completely different style than the last few years. And ideally, uh, they get better each and every week and, you know, ride their talent uh, for the next few weeks. But, you know, we'll we'll see. It can go either direction. Uh, The last game I want to bring up is the Cowboys versus Cardinals because what happened there? I mean, the Cowboys are were a lot of people's Super Bowl picks, uh, especially after the first two weeks. And, you know, it's just uh, to be anything can happen each, mm-hmm. each and every week in the NFL, right? That's yep. why sports betting is scary sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, Cam. That's true. Uh, all right. And I guess it's time now for us to look at and recap our upset picks. And so just as a reminder for everybody, if you're just joining us every week, Cam and I pick an upset uh, of the week, each one of us, and we're keeping track of our records throughout the season. Uh, and by upset, we're, we're, we're actually picking who's going to win the game. So not the spread, we're picking who's going to win the game. Um, and of course, they have to be, you know, a team that is, uh, obviously, they have to be a team that's uh, a dog um, to be able to, to, to qualify, right? So the teams, just as a recap of our picks this last week for week three, uh, my pick was uh, once again, uh, bad. So I picked uh Tennessee over Cleveland. Uh Tennessee got destroyed. Uh so my so I that brings my record to one and two. And so um and the two games that I've missed, um, both of the, the winners that I picked got destroyed both games. So uh, you know, hopefully my pick in week four will be better. But uh I am now one and two. Uh what about your pick, Cam? How'd you do How'd you do this week?
0: Well, I'm no longer undefeated. The I took the Jets over the Patriots, and I have a buddy who listens to this podcast every week, and he said, I like most of your takes, but I don't understand that one at all. And, well, I guess he was right. Um, <laughs> I, I explained that my thought process was that the Jets could get their defense together and win 9-6. to six. Uh, The Patriots' offense is just, they were able to score against the Jets. Just enough. And that that's all that, yeah, all that was needed so i am two and one so far on the season
1: nice and that was a really low scoring game which for those of you that heard our show we talked about how that was going to be an ugly low soaring rock fight and uh yeah it was uh ended up being 15 to 10 so not an exciting gross yes
0: very gross all right alex do you want to get into our picks this upcoming week
1: let's do it let's do that to kick off our our uh, preview of week four uh, so let's see. Um, I can't remember. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first this week?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you went first last week. We'll, we'll just take every let's other keep week. Rotating. Yep. Right? So
1: hit us up, Cam. What do you got
0: now? A uh, little bit of a spoiler. Uh, this is the game that we're going to be breaking down in depth a little bit later into the show. I am going to double down on Miami mm. over Buffalo. Uh, earlier in today, they, uh, Buffalo was two and a half point favorites. Currently they are sitting at three point favorites. So it is moving in the opposite direction for Miami. But, you know, I, I was very big on them over the offseason, took them to win the division. The winner of this game will currently be at the front of the division. You know, Bills are 2-1, and one, Miami's 3-0. Oh, but if Bills win, that puts them at 3-1 and one and over in the head-to-head. So I, I do think Miami takes this. Um, I already bet on them once. In the first three weeks, you know, I, week one I had them over the Chargers uh, in an upset, so I'm doubling down, and we'll see if they can come through for me once again.
1: Hmm. I like that. I saw that one, um, and yeah, I like that. I mean, the Buffalo didn't look great in week one. They're rounding into form in week two and week three, but I mean, I still, I still think that uh, Buffalo's defense, especially, you know, I think their defensive line. You know, and they got a lot of sacks against the Commanders this past week, but but I think the last few years they haven't been particularly solid, at least to, for the eye test at the defensive line. And I think that with what McDaniel is doing down there in Miami, I mean, he's going to have guys running every which way. Um, you know, Tyreek's going to be running all over the place, and and obviously Tyreek has has had a lot of success against Buffalo uh, in the past. You know, both last year and of course when he was in Kansas City. So I like that pick. Uh, I, I think that that I think that one's going to come to pass.
0: Nice. Yeah. And I can do, uh, you know, we'll get more into it after your pick when we do the full breakdown. So Alex, let's hear, let's hear it.
1: So for me, um, I was thinking about, um, you know, looking, I just looking through it and of course there's some pretty close lines. I didn't pick anything that was like a pick or like a, you know, a, a half a point or anything like that. So, um, but as I looked through this team, uh, started off in pretty poor in week one bounced back the last couple weeks and I think is going to continue to improve. I'm going to take the Seahawks over the giants. Nice. Um, although the giants did come back after looking atrocious to, against the Cardinals in, uh, you know, in week two, they did come back and had a good second half and won that game. Uh, but then that, honestly, that's like the only good half of football they've played all year. They got entirely destroyed in week one. They got half destroyed for half the game in week two. And they got destroyed in week three by the 49ers. Um, I think that I, along with a lot of other people, was maybe a little bit high. I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves with the Giants. You know, I do like their coaching. I still think Dayball will turn things around. But I think he squeezed every ounce of of production out of the Giants last year. And I think that's kind of coming back around this year because they they really didn't get better. Um, and so, or at least, you know, marginally. And so because of that, I think that, I think that, I, I don't know. I think that the Seahawks uh, have gotten better uh, since last year. I'm adding in some, some additional, I think uh, with JSN, you know, I know he's still kind of been up and down a little bit, but I think he'll get going. Uh, and so ultimately I think that's a close game, but I'm going to take the Seahawks over the giants.
0: Well, I have a uh, three games written down that I was considering between uh, my top two are Miami and then the Seahawks over the giants. I, I was between those two, honestly. So I, I do like the pick your pick a lot um i i do think seattle ends up taking this i was only a little little nervous because i do think that the giants are a better team than how they've been performing lately it's also hard to tell how good most average teams are against san francisco because they can just bully uh people with talent and coaching so i i think it's very possible this could be a get right game for the Giants. Uh, it, I'm not sure if Saquon's returning yet this week. I think if he does, uh, then he he'll be able to run all over Seattle. And that is ultimately why I ended up not choosing Seattle uh, or, or yeah, Seattle over the Giants, just because I am a little worried if the Giants are are full go that they'll be able to squeak out a victory. So um yeah, I do really like the pick though. It would have been my second one if not for Miami. All right. Uh, so the other uh, option I was considering was the Rams over the uh, the Colts, but after the Colts beat, um, you know, beat Baltimore, the this Ravens, week, yeah, it just yeah. it just did not seem like a, I was I was a little less confident there.
1: Yeah. Hey, the Rams are frisky, man. You know, I remember we uh, we talked about we, you know, we kind of talked about what division we thought when all things were said and done this year would be better between the NFC South and the NFC West. Um, and we, you know, we had some good back and forth about that in one of our, in our NFC preview show. And, uh, and I remember at that time I said, I thought the Rams were going to be frisky. I said, I thought the Cardinals would be terrible, but the Rams would be frisky. And then I kind of felt like walking that back as preseason (laughs) went on, because then I was like, no Cooper cup. And then there just seemed like there was some drama with Stafford. And I was like, ah, that didn't make you feel great. But, uh, I mean, once again, you go back to coaching. I mean, I don't think there's any dispute that McVay knows how to coach. So I even thought last night a couple things, a couple bounces go a little different. They had a chance to beat the Bengals in that game Monday oh, yeah. night, um, you know. So I, I think they're, I think they're frisky. So I definitely think the Rams, and and honestly the Cardinals are too. You know, I mean, we just <laughs> talked about them, but you know, beating the beating the Cowboys, and honestly they were in. They should have beat the Giants, and uh, and they were in a you know decent game with the Commanders back in Week One. So who knows? Where? I mean, a couple couple different bounces, and the Cardinals could be three and zero.
0: Yeah, Josh Dobbs. You know, he's always had some pretty high highs. He has the the skill set to be, you know, be a competent quarterback. He just uh, he's never been consistent and has never thus had a, you know, full time, uh, gig that he he was able to hold. So, uh, you know, he can he can use his legs. He can make some big time throws. He just, uh, you know, and, and when it when it comes through, it's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? When he had his games, he'd have his games. But uh, then he'd throw some wild interception. Then the magic runs the triple out. Triple coverage. Yep, <laughs> yep. Unlike those ad season right now, where there's yeah. too magic. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, Alex. Uh, you want me to get into the Miami Buffalo breakdown?
1: Please break it down for us, because I know when you and I were prepping for this podcast, uh, this is an <clears throat> easy pick for a game to break down. I mean, I think that I, I think it's the game of the week uh, in my mind. You know, I know that it's not, it's not a primetime game and we'll find out tomorrow if it's, I don't, if it's even going to be on in my area in Virginia, um, on the, just the regular cable network. Uh, I, if it's not that I'll be disappointed because that is definitely one that I want to watch. I think that's the best, that's the, gotta be the game of the week. So, uh, as we think about that, what do you, what do you, who, who, I know you already mentioned the dolphins you think have an edge. Uh, tell us cam, why do you think the dolphins have an edge in this game?
0: All right. So I'm going to go down and just, uh, talk about some of these teams tendencies and then explain the matchup and why i think miami does have an edge so as i said before buffalo is favored by three uh the game has a very high over under it's almost at 54 53.5 currently and you know uh the winner is going to have a uh, be in the lead for this division so it is a very important matchup to both teams now Mm -hmm. both teams have been performing they had incredible week threes right the dolphins put up 70 points uh, first time since 1966, where Washington actually had 72 points over the Giants. And the Bills against Washington this last week had four interceptions and nine sacks. And that's the first time that's happened in 28 years. So again, a very exciting week, especially for these two teams. Now, to get into Miami's offense, right? Mike McDaniel is currently the favorite to win coach of the year. He's been doing incredibly well with what he has now because of what happened last week there's some crazy metrics right this team is currently ranked number one in both passing and rushing by almost every metric imaginable they're dominating in yards per carry yards per pass attempt and then obviously points per game with over 43 uh that is unsustainable so that'll come down but you know uh this team's offense they they run a wide zone scheme with west coast passing concepts right like shanahan where McDaniel, who McDaniel has uh, played with in the past. And now a big difference is that McDaniel uses more uh, more of his personnel deep than Shanahan. Uh, Tua has the fourth highest average depth of target in the NFL so far. So he still does air it out. Uh, now this team is predicated on, it. they have speed and they use lots of motion, right? In fact, the, uh, they have the six highest recorded speeds on an NFL field so far. All six were uh, were dolphins over 21.5 miles per hour. That's Hill, 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 <laughs> Tyree kills fast, and then A-Chain hit it twice, and then Mostert. So now it's easy to look at a team and say that uh, you know they use speed, they're faster. But the way McDaniel orchestrates these plays, it's a lot of men beating men to two holes uh, or two spots, uh, and then a lot of times he's able to succeed on screens and outside run plays more because uh, he doesn't have to block the guys coming out from the edge because he knows Mostert and A-Chain will outrun them and beat them to the spot. So this allows for an extra guy to be downfield and them to end up with lots of very big plays as they did last week. Now when it comes to rushing, um, they are zone heavy, 62%, but A-Chain actually has uh, 34% of the team's gap attempts, uh, he has run more gap than zone, which is interesting. Must be just a play style thing or something they saw in camp that they like. Uh, they are surprisingly sixth in the NFL currently on uh first and 10 runs. So they are a run first team. but a lot of that is probably to do with game script, right? They average 8.3 yards on first and 10, which is absurd and also unsustainable and happened because of this, you know, this blowout. So, uh, they use both Mostert and A-Chain in the backfield a lot, especially this last week, right? A-Chain's first real start. They use 21 personnel uh, over 60% of the time, which is wild. I've never seen that before. Uh, that, that's bound to come down. But again, the way McDaniel is calling to play is, is pretty pretty crazy. Um, now, on the receiving end, it, it's a lot of quick timing. Uh, through the first two weeks, Jalen Waddell actually led the team in outside snaps uh, via rotowire, even though he still had more inside snaps himself. So it's a lot of, lot of stuff underneath, a lot of quick throws, uh, and then the deep, deep routes are a lot of crosses, sluggos, you know, it, it's then it's Tyreek Hill getting down the field and just using his skill to get open. So now on the defensive side of the ball, right, a lot has changed since last year. Last year, uh, defensive coordinator Josh Boyer had mostly cover one and cover three, and he actually had the second lowest cover four rate in the NFL, only to Dallas. Now, they brought in Vic Fangio, who loves zone, and is a core concept of his is uh, two high safeties, which contrasts to Boyer uh, the last two years when Miami was dead last uh, in uh, two high safety shell. So they play lots of zone, seen this last week in Denver. And one of their main philosophies is not to allow big plays over the top. Now on the line, they switch it up a lot. They usually rush four and drop seven, uh, but they line up in three, four a lot of the time. So they keep sort of a tighter inside linebacker formation uh, than many teams. And they still run that base three, four, despite only rushing four most of the time. Now last year, they had a very high blitz rate, which is something else that's different from this year. Uh, Fangio historically has a low blitz count. It's actually never finished higher than 13th. Uh, on blitz rate throughout his entire career, which continues this season. Um, now Jerome Baker's had, I think, 16 pass rush snaps through three games, which is which is a good amount. But besides that, uh, it's pretty much just rush four, drop seven. So again, this offense has speed. This defense is sort of bend, don't break, cover well, and uh, kind of allow them to to run and throw underneath. So how this pairs up with Buffalo, well, uh, you know, Buffalo's offense is the same as last year. Uh, offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, it's a lot of shorter passes. The only player with an average depth of target of over 9.8 is Gabe Davis, right? So it's a lot of quick passes. They're leading the league this year in 12 personnel because they drafted Dalton Kincaid and paid Dalton Schultz. Not Dalton Schultz, that's the wrong guy. Dawson Knox, wrong team. Um, so uh, they're, they're using both of them on the field a lot. And as opposed to Miami's offense, which is mostly zone, they run 72% gap. And when it's not gap, it's a lot of inside zone. They do this a lot with Murray, uh, close to the goal line, for instance. So uh, they they haven't passed as much this year, but that's probably more due to game script. And I expect a lot of passing this upcoming week. So to wrap it up, the Buffalo defense, right? They have a new defensive coordinator, uh, Eric Washington, who was their defensive line coach since 2020, probably doesn't matter. Uh, too much because of who their, you know, head coach is. Uh, they have very high cover two and cover four rates. Uh, they did last season and do again this season. They they played a bit more cover two man than expected against Washington. I watched that game very closely, but uh, it is you know it's still a lot of cover two, cover four, rush four, drop seven, just like Miami's defense. Um, but the difference is they have a base four three. Right. They, they play a nickel base, which most people know because of the uh, Sean McDermott's Buffalo nickel that people refer to. So, uh, you know, the Buffalo nickel is basically that bigger nickel who can also play the box, helps on run defense as well. And they rarely blitz uh, less than Miami even this year so far. So uh, these teams are both high powered offenses with defenses that ha- are very good in coverage and uh, rush for. So I think in order for Buffalo to win, they have to maintain shell to mask their coverages, not let Tua get his clean first reads, right? His quick timing on the inside, a slant to Hill to go all the way. They can't allow him to get the first read. But I do think they have to keep that, that coverage, keep dropping seven, uh, and keep that zone as they know how to play. So I think in order for Buffalo to win this week, their front four just have to step up and dominate. And I just don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Um, you know, two has actually performed really well against a blitz, uh, with a nearly an eighty percent adjusted completion percentage when blitzed. So I don't think that's going to necessarily help. He's playing decently under pressure. So if Buffalo's front four can step it up, uh, stop them, and get get some turnovers, it'll help a lot. Now Buffalo also needs to hold the ball and keep Miami's offense off the field. They are first in the league in uh going for it on fourth down they they keep going for it on fourth down this season so i think they're going to need to continue that uh finish the plays uh or finish the drives with touchdowns and just ultimately i do think it's going to end up a high scoring game uh now i've said the victor is going to be miami but i think it could be very close as the books indicate so mm-hmm. that's it there there's the breakdown miami versus buffalo who do you think takes this alex
1: yeah, that's uh, thanks thanks for that breakdown, Cam. So you know, I always like to go back and look at the history of the teams, and so just a little refresher for everyone as well. Uh, Miami, man, they play this Buffalo team tough. Uh, you go back to last year; they did face in the playoffs, but of course, that was Skyler Thompson, I believe, was the quarterback for Miami, and because uh, of course, Tua was hurt, and Miami still kept that game close. So they they uh, Buffalo won by a field goal, and then you look at uh, the two matchups they had last year. There was a late late season matchup uh, in December where that was a really tight game. Uh, Buffalo won that by a field goal, and then the first matchup, which was actually down in Miami, the uh, early on uh, last year, that was the game. If people remember where. Buffalo came down the field and had a chance to uh, try to spike the ball and kick a field goal and they didn't get the playoff in time oh. and so then that was that uh, that internet meme of, jo- of Dorsey smashing everything and having like <laughs> a rant you know up in the booth because he was so mad the team didn't get the playoff uh, so I mean the point being that they, 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 this is just electric each time these teams play and it's so close and uh, uh you know and of course it'll be up in Buffalo which you know at this point in the year, that's a, that's a good that's a good time to play. Right. Much rather <laughs> play there now, you know, than three months from now. Uh, so I do think it'll be a close game. Uh, I I do think I'm going to have to go with Miami. Uh, I know okay. I mean, they, they, they I, I think and I think you really hit hit on it when you were talking about McDaniel in your preview. And I think it's because one of the biggest different, like one of the ways you can really tell how great a coach is, is how open a receiver is. Um, and now I know there is there is certainly some you know talent for the receiver in there as well. But when he, when there's guys that are just consistently getting wide open, um, a lot of that has to do with the scheme and the way the coach is drawing it up. And I mean, you look at this last week. I mean now. Obviously the Broncos are bad. We've all talked about that, but that's not like, you know, it's not like this is Georgia playing a division three team, right? I mean, these are NFL players. These are guys that, that are starters in the NFL and they know how to run coverages. They know how to cover people. And I mean, Tyreek Hill is like 10 yards from anybody, which I mean, that's obviously some of that could be blown coverage, but a lot of that is scheme too. And so I got to say in an offensive game, which what it is now, McDermott's a great coach. But McDermott doesn't have anything to do with the offense. You know, he he's just come on, guys, let's go. You know, he's going to give them the rah rah, right? Uh, but he doesn't have as much influence on the game the way it is now than an offensive-minded coach who calls head play uh, a head coach who calls plays. And so McDaniel, you know, he doesn't. He you know, he trusts obviously Vic Fangio to run that defense. And I got I got to give the I got to give the coaching edge to the Dolphins. I would give the speed edge to the Dolphins as you, as you, uh, you know, went over cam, Certainly, I'd give the quarterback edge to the bills, but I, but it's not by a mile, you know, maybe it's more, uh, at least not right now. Uh, you know, so there you go. I, I, I like the pick. I will also take the Dolphins.
0: Yeah. I mean, not right. You take the, the quarterback for the bills based on the last couple of years, but according to pretty much every metric this season, you, uh, two has been playing out of his mind. Right? it's not it's not just his receivers doing everything for him yep. um now tyree kill is doing almost everything for him <laughs> when targeted uh tyree kill uh, has fun fact, second highest uh, pro football focus grade against uh zone and then the second highest also against man so you can't <laughs> you, you just can't beat this guy and he's come out and i mean every receiver says this but he's like it you can double me you can triple me it doesn't matter uh, i'll just i'll just get open and i, yeah, I believe hey, him
1: <laughs> and, and it seems like every game though, and I agree, but it, it also seems like every, every game, there's at least one, like just give me, you know, tatua where Tyreek just runs down the field and, and no one has him. I, I mean, that happened to get was the first touchdown of this last game, but I swear every time it's like at least once a game, they just entirely forget about number 10 and he just throws up the peace sign, catches it and runs a mile. Uh, but yeah, that should be a really fun game. Um, well, Cam, as we start to get into the other games of week four, You know I got to give you my dumpster fire game. So we're going to get this one out of the way first because we're not going to spend any time on it. It, There's no, there's not, I don't even want to, I'm not even going to have to build it up because it's so bad. Cam, you got to know what game I'm talking about. What is the dumpster fire game this week?
0: Let me look at the schedule. Okay. You Uh, know what it is. Is it the Panthers Vikings? No, no, no. That actually
1: sounds entertaining compared to this game. You know what it is. These teams, looking, both of I'm these look- teams got absolutely annihilated. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised. Oh, if oh, the NFL Broncos Bears! I missed that. Ju- yes, if the NFL that. just tries I, to drop this okay, game entirely. Right. In fact, earlier, this might not be available. <laughs> if, if you even live in those areas, the NFL is just gonna like you know send these two teams to back to college and say get rid of them. We don't want them. The Broncos
0: and the Bears. Okay, I, I was going through the schedule earlier, <laughs> looking for upset picks, and I was like, I. I don't know who's going to win this game. And then I was like, you know what? Alex is going to make this his pick. And I totally forgot. <laughs> I forgot. So All good. See, the NFL yeah. was
1: hiding it Jeez. from you, Cam. They did not want you to even know that this game exists. So, okay, that's enough. I won't I'll 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 stop with the with the shenanigans, but that is my dumpster fire game. No need to talk about it. Don't touch it with a 10-foot pole.
0: I'll be watching. <laughs> but I want I like I as as I think you're probably catching on to I enjoy watching two mediocre to subpar teams face each other than I do two powerhouse teams face each other because it's it's so much more uh wild it's it's (laughs) not clean things happen you get some weird plays and it's fun that's
1: true that's true yeah that's what that's why we're that's why we're a good team Cam because I'm like I like the Blitz. I like the Patrick Mahomes, you know, throwing sideways, sidearm, 50 yards downfield to to Travis Kelsey to dance for Taylor Swift in the end zone. I'm all about that. Let's go. Give me the give me the good stuff. Give me lots of the uh lots of points and uh and a lot of efficient football.
0: Yeah, I, I did think there's a chance you'd say Buccaneers Saints. I think that's gonna be an interesting matchup. I think it'll be a low yeah. scoring affair, but uh, you know, I I said I was not I did not have my best week in predictions last week. I've gotten all the saints games right so far. So, and I, I think the saints are going to take, take that game pretty handily. And for one main reason, and that's because Lattimore is healthy and he never allows Mike Evans to do squat. He's mm. going to be all over Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to come out of the game at halftime and throw his helmet and <laughs> throw a tantrum and it's not going to matter. Uh, Saints are going to win this game. Is uh, is
1: Car is playing in that game, or is he is he hurt? Is he missing the week?
0: I think he's missing the week. I still take the Saints.
1: Oh man, you just don't know with Jameis though. You know, (laughs) I mean, it is against his old team, but you know, Jameis is just as likely to throw a sixty-yard dime as he is to throw the ball to to, like the linebacker of the other team, like five yards downfield. So you just don't know what you're going to get with Jameis. But Jameis (laughs) will be motivated to to take down his former team for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, All right. Now, besides the Dolphins and Bills what is the most exciting game for you this week? And you're not allowed to say the chiefs jets because that is <laughs> not true.
1: Yeah, no, I, didn't, I Well, we are, we already know that's true, but other than that game uh, and obviously I already talked about the dolphins and bills. So, I mean, another game that I think will be sneaky good will actually be the Ravens and the Browns. Um, and that's a game. I actually think I do want to watch. Um, I think the Browns, their defense has once again, I know you called it a couple weeks ago, Cam, has been showing out. Their defense is elite. Um, and if they stay healthy, they're going to be in pretty much every game. Now, I know we've been hard on Deshaun Watson, as the world has, but he looked a little better this week. He looked a little better um, than he has in other weeks. And so maybe it's just going to take him a little time to round and deform form a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think that's going to be a physical game, an AFC North game. Both those teams fighting for first place in the AFC North and in uh, the Ravens certainly want to bounce back after a down performance. And so, I mean, I know Lamar even came out and talked about his, you know, how he wanted to improve his performance and how the team needs to improve their performance. So I don't think that one's going to be a really high scoring game. I think it'll be a lower scoring game, but I, I think it's going to be physical. I think it's going to be fun. And uh, that's a game that I want to watch. I want to watch the Ravens and the Browns.
0: Yeah. And for all you fantasy managers out there playing redraft to who, who stream defenses, uh, you know, the, the goal a couple weeks ago was to pick up the Browns, play them against the Steelers, That worked. Okay. And then hold them against the Titans that worked out great. And then, then move on. I'm, I'm carrying them out through, through this week. I think they still put up some, some good fancy points against the Ravens. So if you, you don't have a good other option, want to save some fab, want to save your way for priority. I just ride them out. Uh, I, I think, I think the Browns take this. I do. Now, a game that uh, I, I want to touch on just a couple of games here uh, and that I think will be interesting. The first one, uh, I think this week's Thursday night game will be a lot more fun than last week's Thursday mm-hmm. night game. I mm-hmm. was I was not too too excited to watch the Giants 49ers last week. But the Lions and Packers are just both fun teams because they're both playing... Uh, I'd say ahead of expectations. I know a lot of people thought the Lions would be good. I, at one point, I think they were the had fourth highest odds to win the NFC. Does that sound right? Uh, it, it was it was crazy. But the Packers with Jordan Love, you know, he's been playing overall quite well. Um, mm-hmm. They won last week against against the Saints. Uh, and come back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, if Carr was in that game. Uh, the, the second half, they probably would have been able to get a field goal, but you know, when, when some put him in, uh, the saints in a spot to win, but a- anyway, I think, uh, this game could go either way. I do think the lions overall are a better team, but, uh, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You're going to be watching this on Thursday.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it on Thursday. I do think that's going to be a, a good game. I think the lions had a good bounce back win this last week after they had not really looked very good in week two. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a good game. And, and just a quick side note on, you know, we I know we already talked quite a bit about the Bears, but I, I think that the Packers are like, in a lot of ways, the opposite of the Bears, because I, I do think they have solid coaching, a solid system around love. And they really like they're they're using his strengths and they're putting him in position to make plays. Yes. You know, and I think that just shows like, I, I would say just purely athletically, Fields is probably better than Jordan Love, at least I yeah. think. Yes. Um, but 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 like you look at, at how drastically different these organizations handle a young, inexperienced quarterback. And um, so I got to give it to the Packers coaching. I mean, they're really putting putting fields. In, I mean, sorry, putting love in a, in a, in a place to be successful. So got to give it to the Packers coaches there. Um, Yeah, and uh, I just want to shout
0: out real quick before we leave this game, uh, the Mm -hmm. Lions rookies. uh, You know, Brian Branch is playing out of his mind. A lot of people had him as a top top 10, top 15 prospect. He went in the second round to the Lions, and he's putting together – he's campaigning for defensive rookie of the year. He's playing that well even as a a safety. He's been crazy. So uh, I think Brian Branch has been playing well. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, their first first first-round pick is clearly awesome on the field. He is so much fun to watch. Jack Campbell finally is, is really improved this run defense uh you know by himself he's able to be that stack and shed linebacker that Alex Anceloni I never thought was and then Sam LaPorta is I think he's the number 2 tight end in fantasy football right now. Uh, he he's he's playing really well. So, you know, just shout out to this this Lions draft class and Everyone, including myself, who gave them lots of hate, uh, shame on us. We'll we'll learn for next time. Hate after after the season is over.
1: <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. Um. So look, looking at the rest of the slate, Cam. I mean, there's a, there's not a lot of other games that get me really excited. Um. I think they're they're okay. There's some okay games out there. One of them that I'll call it the uh the uh the coach needs to to take a different playing home game. Uh, we'll, uh we'll, well I don't I don't know if that's an official thing but I'm going to call it that. I'm going to say that's the Raiders Chargers game. I think both of these coaches are on the hot seat. I know we talk about Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, he he's he is playing for his life right now. I mean he he I mean or else they are going to be saying, you know, sorry buddy, no room for you on the plane. So and then on the other oh. side the Raiders, I mean, you know, Mark Davis you know he's certainly you know known to be to to pull the plug on a coach that that isn't getting it done, um, and so I you know I I don't think that I I, I th- at some point you just got to say this ain't working. You know you you look at the Raiders with uh, with Josh McDaniels last year. You know and and that was just that was. A mess last year. I mean, they lose this game. They start one and three, and they're looking <clears> up. Uh, you know, looking up at, at a long ways from uh, up to the Chiefs, and and not going to be able to really be competitive with them in, in the division. So, and they're even I don't know. And Jimmy Garoppolo said, "Doesn't he have like ten interceptions or something?" He's got a bunch I of picks. Um, uh, he's got a lot. So anyway. That's the, uh, the coach might not, uh, might not get to, to go home on the plane with, the, with the team game. So well, I guess one team's at home, but either way uh, you know, I don't think that'll be a great game, but I think uh, I wouldn't be shocked if one of the coaches in the
0: losing team is fired. That, uh, that got me. I, I, we need to make that a bit every week. Yeah. The, the coach coach taking a new, another flight home. Jeez. All right. Uh, Jimmy G is he playing? This week, he has six picks, five touchdowns. Oh, six picks. Okay.
1: Well, hey, Uh, I I knew it was a lot. I mean, for three games, you know, two picks a game, that's, that's like, that's going to end up with what, 30,
0: 34 (laughs) in the season? Jeez. Yeah. He's in concussion protocol. So I'm I'm not sure if he's, I I don't think he's set to play this week. He might still be able to, though. But either way, yeah, Chargers are favored by 5.5 currently. So still, they should win this game both teams have bottom i think two defenses yes uh might might have changed after last week uh to bottom five defenses but either way both teams are uh whoa the over under is only 47 i might might have to take the over on this one hmm. i'm liking it I'm liking it
1: what about you cam for some of those other games that we haven't touched on any other games that you'll be uh that you think will be interesting or inter- any any uh, interesting takes on them
0: Well, as an honorary Falcons fan, I'll be watching the London game. Uh, You know, everyone, if you have season long bets, you're, you're a temporary fan of that team every, Mm -hmm. each and every year this year, Miami and and Atlanta for me, I do think that this could easily be a get right game for the Jaguars offense and Trevor Lawrence goes nuclear. Um, It's very possible. It's also possible that the Falcons don't let them ever have the ball and the Jags can't generate any pressure and the falcons have the ball for like 42 minutes that's also (laughs) possible and and upset some of the london fans uh, a little bit with the slow game but i i'll be watching that game i think it could be a lot of fun i like watching the falcons uh i like Bijan robinson i like watching the jaguars i have trevor lawrence in my big money fantasy league and i'm gonna continue to start him gosh darn it (laughs) until (laughs) <laughs> until i can't handle the losses anymore so, so i gotta i gotta got ask fun. you cam on that yeah.
1: game are you gonna be watching the standard broadcast or the oh toy God. story broadcast
0: <laughs> did you see that the all the commercials? Did, yeah there's what is that even going to look everywhere. like i want to tune in on my laptop uh <laughs> for a moment you know i'll be uh let's see what time's the commander's game one o'clock so yeah i'll be watching oh Oh, that's at it's at nine thirty. Morning. Yeah, because it's East- the sun. Yeah, it's a, okay, yeah. uh, never mind. Yeah, I will be launching <laughs> the Toy Story broadcast, baby. How's that? we we'll... oh, next man. next week. We'll tell tell you our thoughts on that broadcast, even if we watch for two minutes. But it's I'll just such in. it's just such
1: an odd thing, you know. I mean, uh, you just it's like you have these Disney executives that are paid, you know, absorbent billions. amounts of money, <laughs> and they must have been sitting there, and they're like. How can we this get kids, Yeah, how can we get kids in their room to watch football on Sunday morning? You know, well, how about we just pretend it's Toy Story? Oh, they'll love it. Uh, oh, I don't know. That's just, they did
0: this with the uh, slime, right? The last
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think uh, that like ago. they just had like a border around it and they had like slime in there. This is supposed to be like they're like virtualizing what's actually happening on the game, but they're doing it with like all animated characters. At like, least that's Je- what I think. Jesse
0: Bates is uh like Woody or Buzz or yeah. something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's the biggest controversy is who who do you get to pick to be Woody and Buzz and who's Bo Peep? Someone has to be Bo Peep. <laughs>
0: uh, first world problems. All uh, right. Yeah. Uh, any any other? Let's see. What what games have we not touched on yet? We can touch on those real quick. Uh, we
1: have the we Cincinnati have go. Bengals going to see the Titans. Yep. Um, I think the Bengals will win that game. The Titans looked pretty terrible in Week Three. And uh, I just, I like Grable and I know I was my upset pick and they got destroyed by the Browns, but um, Tennessee just doesn't have a lot of juice. They just, they don't have the players. I don't think they have the horses. Um, So I I don't, I don't love the performance from the Bengals, but this is about the same time the last two years, the Bengals start to start to kind of right the ship a little bit and start to. Uh, to get things back on track. So as long as as long as Burrow continues to get healthier, I expect a better performance out of the Bengals, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna take take this one from from the Titans.
0: Well, if if Burrow's calf is not healing, then it, it's just gonna be a very long season. You know, mm-hmm. the Bengals have been in shotgun ninety percent of first downs this year, which is, I mean, ri- ridiculous, right? It's league leading. Um, surprisingly commanders are, are up there too at number two with 88%, but Bengals, uh, you know, if, if they're just operating out a shotgun, uh, and Joe Burrow can't step into his throws, can't push off that back. leg, he can't rotate his hips. You know, it, you watch the game. Those, I, it was ugly. I, he mm-hmm. was passing it. Uh, you know, I, I think at one point they showed a stat that his average depth of target was 2.9, which is Hilarious. Just he's throwing to running back. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's, right. that's it. So, uh, I think that the Titans are a well-coached team, and I think that it is very possible they can upset the Bengals if the Bengals are unable to switch up their looks on offense. I don't think they do. I think mm-hmm. they can though, more yep. than other and, and I
1: do think it's I do think it's pretty close to a like must win for the Bengals, even though they're banged up, because you know, they dropped to let's say they drop to one and three. And let's say that the Browns take that game against the Ravens. I mean, now you're already three games behind first place, you know. And uh you know, so that's just yeah, I, I think it's a must win for cool. the Bengals, especially if they want to be in the run running for a top AFC seed.
0: Bengals are only two and a half point favorites right now that's a that's sobriety. Does not instill confidence. No, it doesn't. So no. I guess the uh the bookmakers watched them play uh, <laughs> last night. yes do you right. uh you,
1: you got any thoughts on the Steelers at the Texans?
0: That's where I was just going. i I think yep. that could be a, a I know people are excited to watch Stroud right now, but the Steelers get after the quarterback way better than the Jaguars do. And, mm-hmm. you know, pe- people are trying to validate, uh, their, their picks of Stroud, uh, saying that, oh, the, the Georgia game, that's legit. He's brought it to the NFL and he might have, he's been playing okay under pressure. He seemed poised, but I think he's going to have a lot less time to throw this week. Uh, Steelers, Steelers are going to take this one. Uh, I, I think it's pretty, they're going to take it pretty handily, mm-hmm. um, and they are currently three point favorites. I think they cover.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think TJ Watt is, you know, he, he's, he's difficult to block, even if you have a good offensive line. And I know that the Texans have even been pretty banged up on their offensive line. So yeah, I think, I think it's definitely Steelers for that one.
0: All right. Steelers covering chargers Raiders over need to need to add a bit to this parlay. I have building on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I it, think the last, uh, what were you saying? Yeah,
1: I was gonna say the last game I don't think we really touched on. Um well actually there's two left. I mean, there's Arizona Cardinals against the 49ers. Nah, uh, not, Niners
0: win uh yeah. what plus fourteen or minus. 14? Yeah, that has
1: the biggest, I think it has the biggest line of the week. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's probably gonna be a blowout. Um and then I I guess a sneaky game that will be sneaky, low scoring in my mind, is gonna be the Cowboys and the Patriots. It's the last game that we hadn't talked about yet. So, you know, the Patriots offense is not good. And the, and the Cowboys defense other than against the Cardinals is good. Uh And then I think that the Dallas offense, you know, really run heavy. Um, Dak is still just, I guess he's just Dak, but, but I think the Patriots actually have a pretty good defense this year. So I think that one's going to be a low scoring game. And uh I think, the, I think the Cowboys will win in a bounce back effort, but I think it's going to be close. I think that'll actually be closer than people think.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the lines only I thought I saw two. No, oh, oh no, I was way off. Uh line is favors the Cowboys six point five. Uh forty-three over under. You can bet even under 43 right now. Um that, that yeah, if this is low scoring game, we might have rounded out the parlay under for the Dallas Patriots. Feel pretty, pretty decent about that. Um, I do want to shout out for the Patriots Christian Gonzalez. He has uh all right, uh he is a top three zone corner, according to PFF metrics right now. Um, He, you know, he came in, people thought he'd be a great man corner because of his length and his size and his speed and his freaky athleticism. And I'm sure he will be, but being a top, top three zone corner right now via PFF, uh, regardless of what you think of PFF's metrics as a whole, it's pretty impressive for a rookie through the first three games. So great pick there. Um, uh, you know, he was picked one pick after uh, Emmanuel Forbes in the NFL draft. Still a little bit upset about that one, but I'm 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 getting over it. Forbes is great. He is. He will be. <laughs> so yes, yeah, uh, yeah. He's so been, Cam, I got I got another
1: out. I got another question for you. So I know we're not we know we're not breaking down the Chiefs and the Jets, but my question for you is: by by the end of the year, is is Wilson still the quarterback? For the Jets, Zach Wilson.
0: No. no. I don't I, think I so don't, either. I don't think <laughs> he is. Yeah, because um, I
1: I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs will take this game pretty handily, which is gonna drop them to one and three. Um, and then after that, they do have the Broncos. Maybe that's a get right game a little bit, and then they play the Eagles, and then it's just downhill the second half of the season. So what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I was listening earlier today to someone who who covers the Jets very, very close with the team. Um, and he's basically saying it's just, you know what Zach Wilson is. It's not fair to the other players, to to what you've built this year. It's not fair to the fans. He kind of went off on a rant saying to let, let him start. You he said he, he made a list of 50 other quarterbacks you think who could have won that game. Uh, 50, that's week. a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, guy, guy was upset. But, uh, you know, Wilson has shown that he is not a – an NFL caliber quarterback and I keep seeing oh well no one could play behind that offensive line they've had some of the best offensive tackle play that they've had in in a while with Beckton and Tucker in week three anyway they they were uh it's the first time they've rolled out that combination and they uh, they were protecting him he's had a pretty a uh, very good time to throw uh he's just not not making the reads not not executing the offense at all Uh, which and they can't run the ball because they teams sell out against the run and say all right zach wilson beat us and he can't so i think they have to make a move i don't think any team right now at this point in the season is going to be trading their backup quarterback right people are saying go after Brissett or or someone of that caliber they're not gonna do that Uh, no team's going to so uh i mean the best bet is you know the rumors of kirk cousins i don't see that happening personally But if it does, I think it puts the the Jets right back up and they're running for the division. If they're to make that move today, Uh, ultimately, I think they finished third or fourth in the division, even and they make the move. Whoever they changed, they make it too late for it to, to really matter, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, the Cousins one, it is, it would be shocking for that type of trade to happen, but I do see a way that it could work, especially because. Cousins as on his is on his last year, right? I don't know about now. I haven't looked into the money, so I don't know about the money side of it, like the cap hit and all that. But and I, I don't know how much cap relief the Jets get for Rogers if you know when he goes in IR or any of that. So I'm not really sure about that side of it. But if the if the if the Vikings are confident that that they want to move on from, from uh from Kirk Cousins and, and they know he's not coming back, then it makes sense to get even something for him. You know, because if they otherwise he's walking and you're getting, what, a compensatory pick or something, maybe, depending on how much money he signs for. So if you're the Vikings and you're already, let's say they lose this week and they start off 0-4. I mean, at this point, your your season's pretty much done um, already. I mean, there's a few rare exceptions, but for the most part, you're done. So I don't know. In some ways, it's like, well, you might as well maybe move on. And if even if you get, like, let's say, a second and a third, you know, or something for him. Uh, but of course there's a, you know, that's not an easy fix for even the jets though. Cause it would take some time for cousins, um, to get in there and get acclimated. And by that point they could be one and four, uh, and, 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 in a hole themselves. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I think they beat the Panthers this week, but, uh, you're definitely right. And, and as regard to money, you know, they Kirk cousins is on the last year of his deal. Um, he just has a bunch of void years stacked up after this. So if they do want something from him, they, they have to trade him. It's an 18.5 million uh, against the cap this year, uh, I, I they might need to restructure a bit to Somebody be able to, to handle, handle that. that. But mm-hmm. yeah. but you know it's the NFL; they're they're going to make it it work if that's what they think is best. So I I could uh, you know uh, all right. S- so many fans are like, oh, they're zero two, they're zero and whatever. They you know they're not looking good. Do you think they tank? And people don't understand that that's not how the NFL works. You right. will sometimes have one, maybe two teams who sell their best players and, and are actively tanking. It looked like um, it looked like the um, Rams were doing that at one point, especially with Jalen Ramsey, and it looked like Arizona was doing that. But in terms of getting fans in the seats, in terms of revenue, uh, you know, jersey sales, for instance, every win that a team gets, regardless of their total is very heavily correlated with a significant increase in, in, in revenue and in activity uh, in online presence. So, uh, you know, if a team's going to get three wins on a season is projected to, and they say, all right, let's make our as the best it can. So we're perpetually at a five to six win team. They're probably going to do that for the sake of that year, which is very dumb for it in the eyes of the fans. But it, you know and, and long term potentially but it's just how the NFL works so people saying oh they're not start playing too well they're they're tanking for the first overall pick and people say that about 16 teams each year 18 teams each year that it's not how the NFL works
1: yeah so- I, I agree entirely even if even if there's a GM or something that is like hey it doesn't really benefit us to win these games late in the season and it might actually be better if we lose them even if the GM is thinking that, the coach and the players are trying Levy Smith <laughs> the coach the yeah exactly the coach and the players are trying to win because even if they don't want to even if they don't think they have a future with the team they're playing for i mean the football you know football is so driven by your tape and your performance that they want to put on good tape because they know that that's going to drive to more opportunities potentially more lucrative opportunities with other teams so i agree 100% even if the gm is is okay with the team loses to maybe better position them or the owner uh, that's not how the players and that's not how the coaches are doing it. They are trying to, you know, they are grinding tooth and nail to try to win that game
0: for sure. Yeah. I mean, you think Justin Jefferson's going to try to lose, right? You think Christian right. Darisaw coming back from an injury, isn't going to play his best. You have guys like Ivan Pace Jr. Who made the team as a free agent playing their heart out each week to try and retain yep. as well, That's not guaranteed. they are all the players are going all out each and every week, regardless of who's on the field and the coaches yep. do the same. So yeah, that, That's it. But I do think for the for the team, you know, trading Kirk Cousins would uh, overall probably be beneficial for them. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, just like that, everybody, you know that Cam and I don't mail it in. We do this to win, baby. So we we, we bring we bring our a game every week. So uh, in light of that, please make sure that you guys like and subscribe to our show uh, as, as, as we like to say, pound or smash that subscribe button. Hey, give us that five-star review as well, because you know, that helps us grow the show. And you know that we want to reach more people and, uh, and also bring more people on the show. So, uh, with that cam, do you want to give us a little sneak peek at what we got coming next week?
0: Yeah, next week, uh, we're going to be doing what, what we have done, you know, get, get our, matchup breakdown but we're gonna spend a little less time on the recap and preview and we're gonna start going over uh some of these college prospects we're not gonna do a full breakdown not gonna be talking too much about caleb williams and marvin harrison jr anyone who knows anything about the draft has been hearing those names for for at least the last year or so so we're gonna talk about some risers some fallers, some under the radar prospects we like just spend a little bit of time towards the end of the podcast just sort of seeing how the college football season shaping up Uh, And, and, you know, it's always fun to start talking draft even as early as the start of October. And that's when I start start breaking and breaking out the film. So I do a little bit of an overview beforehand, see what guys I want to look at first and start watching their first first few games. So I'm very excited to get into this part of the season.
1: Yeah, that's going to be awesome, everybody. So come back for that. And then I think also probably the week after that, we're going to talk a little bit about our division pick picks and maybe even change a few or beg for forgiveness. Uh, And by that, I'm talking about myself and the (laughs) Bears. I will be begging for forgiveness for uh, for all, all of you for making that my NFC North pick. So make sure you come back for that, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you, everybody. It's been an awesome week. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed a lot of great football and looking forward to what we got coming in week four. Make sure that you join us again next week. And other than that, Cam, let's have a great week.
0: Yeah, man. I'll see you next week. Peace.